with me in your Bibles, please, for our second reading to the 18th chapter of Exodus. Exodus chapter 18, verse 1, here now, the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. When Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt, then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Sephra, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back, and her two sons, of which the name of the one was Gershom, for he said, I have been an alien in a strange land. And the name of the other was Eleazar, uh, for the God of my father, said he, was mine help, and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife unto Moses into the wilderness, where he encamped at the mount of God. And he said to Moses, I, thy father-in-law Jethro, am come unto thee, and thy wife and her two sons with her. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, and did obeisance, and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare, and they came into the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh, and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and all the travail that had come upon them, by the way, and how the Lord delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, who hath delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. For in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. And Aaron came and all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning unto the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw... All that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto even? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another. And I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee counsel and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, 
hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. And let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge, so shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel, and made them heads over the peoples, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And they judged the people at all seasons. The hard cases they brought unto Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. And Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way into his own land. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. Essentially two sections in the chapter. The first section is the reunion of Moses with Jethro, Zephyrah, and Moses' children. And that takes us down through verse 12 and then 13 through 27 we have Moses judging the people and Jethro's sage advice to him so in in the first section notice what we have here there are some things that are maybe a little bit subtle in the text that I think we should bring out so notice first of all that there is a mutual humility between Jethro and Moses Jethro does not require Moses uh, to come to him Jethro goes out to meet Moses. In ancient Near Eastern parlance, that meant, I'm coming to see you. You're greater than I am. I'm stirring myself up. I'm bringing myself out of my comforts to come and see you. You are worthy of my respect, in other words. So Jethro does that. But notice that Moses does not let Jethro get all the way to his tent. Rather, Moses goes out to meet Jethro when Jethro is yet out in the field. And so Moses does the same for Jethro, and then brings him back in that ancient Near Eastern hospitality fashion back to his own tent. So there's a mutual submission and honor and respect and a, and a matter of policy between Jethro and Moses. So that's a good thing to remember, that there are standards. I know, it's hard. Uh, maybe some of you will remember a year and a half ago or so, we preached a sermon on manners. I don't know if you remember that or not. You know, oh yeah, yeah. I think I remember the manner of that sermon. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully, it's more than that, right? Manners are a good thing. Manners are a biblical thing. Manners are helpful in keeping us uh, on the, on that path, on that narrow path, that straight path that we would otherwise depart from. Manners and those kinds of habits are good for us. So Moses and Jethro teach us that here. There's a mutual submission and humility and bowing before one another and and a deference one to another. And that is just simply good manners. Ancient Near Eastern manner is something to be imitated. Um, We live in a very informal age when manners uh, don't mean much. Of course, if manners don't mean much, that means also that there's not much respect going around either. Right? Right? 
When the manners go, the respect goes. These manners that we're talking about are the preservers of honor and respect one to another. Okay, so notice also the children of Moses. Um, Moses had somewhere in the career of him going back into Egypt, left Sephora and the children with Jethro. Jethro kindly received them back into his house and cared for them while Moses was on his errand from the Lord to bring Israel out of Egypt. Now that he comes back into Midian, Jethro comes out having heard with Sephora and with uh, Gershom and Eliezer. Okay, let's talk about the names. Gershom is a witness to Moses' faith. I am a stranger in a strange land. That's what that name means. So his firstborn son is named Gershom, and his secondborn son is named Eleazar, which means Eli, uh, my God, Azar, has remembered me. Right? So the God of my father is my remembrance, or he has remembered me. Transitive or intransitive. Take your pick. So Moses, in the naming of his children, is indeed testifying to his own faith. This is a good and important thing. Um, when you uh, choose names for your, for your children, you know, you can, you can do what Frank Zappa did. You can call your child Moon Unit. Or you can call them Eleazar. Or Gershom. Or some other testimony to your faith. Moon Unit is a testimony as well. Make sure you remember that. Okay, so beyond that then, uh, I've just angered all the Frank Zappa fans. I'm, I'm okay with that. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> all right, so then beyond that, um, notice that, that, that they go into the tent and Moses recounts all that, he had, that the Lord had done for them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered, out of the hand of the Egyptians. That's verse 9. And then Jethro himself breaks forth into a doxology. Right? Blessed be the Lord. Okay, so maybe it's appropriate to talk about Jethro here for a moment. He's a bit of a shadowy figure. We will also see his name as Reuel. Sometimes he's known as Reuel in scripture. Here, Jethro. Um, what is Jethro? Well, we, we read of him as the priest of Midian. And there were these dark, and by dark, I, I don't mean wicked, I mean dimly lit. There were these dimly lit pockets of believers in the true God that were not part of the people of God. Jethro is a priest of Midian, a worshiper of El Elyon when we, when we meet him, right? El Elyon is the most high God. And notice what he does here. He says, And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hand of Pharaoh who hath delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods for the things wherein they dealt proudly. He was above them. Okay, there's, a, there's a few italics there, but I think that's a good translation. What I want to say there is, when, when Jethro says, now I know, that, this is not an aha moment for Jethro. I don't believe that. I don't believe he's saying, okay, I was in doubt before, but now I know. That's not what he's saying. He's using now as a conjunction rather than a temporal thing. Now I know, right? So he's saying, we have this confidence that God is the true God. And one of those things that is added to that confidence, that, that confidence is that God 
uh, has caused them to triumph over all the things that they trusted in, right? The, the Egyptians trusted in all their gods, but God triumphed over them all. In the thing wherein they trusted, he triumphed over them all. The Egyptians trusted in their gods, and God triumphed over all those idols, all those false gods. So Jethro is not saying, aha, now I know. He's saying, now we know that God is the true God. For in the thing wherein they trusted the Egyptians, God triumphed over all of that. So that, I think, is what is being said there. And so then uh, he took a burnt offering and offered sacrifices for God. And Aaron came and all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law, notice, before God. So Moses and Aaron are there, along with the rest of the ecclesiastical, the church elders of the nation, 70 of them. And what did they do? They ate bread with Jethro before God as Jethro offered a sacrifice. They would not have done that if Jethro was a worshiper of Jehovah among other gods. He was a worshiper of Jehovah exclusively. And so they sat and they ate bread with him. Okay, so that takes us down through this first section and and it ends with the elders of Israel, the the ecclesiastical, the church elders of Israel, the religious elders that helped in the distribution of the information on the Passover that stood with Moses at the rock of Horeb and all of that, right? All of those elders, they were with Moses and Aaron when they ate bread with Jethro before the Lord. The reason I'm making that distinction is because we're going to set up some other rulers here in just a moment. And these are going to be civil rulers. So now it is the next day. Moses gets up in the morning and does what he's want to do. I don't know how often he did it. If it was every day or once a week or every other day or the text doesn't tell us. Just that Moses stood and from morning to night the people came before him with their cases. These are, the, these are the civil matters that they had between themselves. And Moses judged. He taught them the statutes of God. And then he sent them on their way with a decision. And Jethro looks upon this and he says, what are you doing, Moses? And Moses explains that to him. And he says to them, this is not good. Now, let me, let me under, let's make sure we understand what it means when Jethro says, this is not good. It was good that Moses taught them. It was good that Moses judged them. It was not good that Moses did that all by himself. That's what was not good. As we read in the last chapter, one guy can't stand there with his hands up all day. Right? Notice how in these two chapters we're already moving to see that one guy can't do it all. We're getting ready to spread out here. Right? Not only ecclesiastically, but civilly. We're going to spread out authority. Beloved, a concentration of authority is always bad. (laughs) It's always bad. The Bible civilly and the Bible ecclesiastically spreads out authority among many. Why? Because God knows we're fallen creatures. That's why. Okay, so Jethro explains to Moses how he ought to do this instead. And Moses takes his father-in-law's advice. Notice the honor and the respect that Jethro has for Moses and Moses for Jethro. We've already seen that in the way they met each other. What is it that Jethro prescribes? Make yourselves captains of thousands, of hundreds, and of tens. 
and let them rule in your stead. In the hard cases, then, you, uh, you will be able to undertake. So, not only here in Exodus 18, but in Deuteronomy chapter 17, right? And then also in 2 Chronicles chapter 19, under Jehoshaphat, we will see that when people profit under the government that they're under, that this government is set up under graded courts, whether it's an ecclesiastical or churchly government or a civil government. It, it is set up under graded courts that, that the most uh, detailed authority is the most intimate authority. And then as that authority rises up to greater uh, purview, it must always become a more general authority. Some of you, what, what, what does he mean by that? Let me put it in one sentence. The government makes a poor parent. Right? They're not there. They can't know. So these captains over thousands, they would have a thousand people under them. Then the captains over hundreds would rule over those captains of those thousands. And it would go up in that graded way. Such that, if it is too hard for that most intimate court, it would come up to a greater court. It would come up to a greater court. There is a right of appeal to a greater court. We have retained some of this in our own United States government in that we're supposed to have a system of graded courts. Some would argue that all of our court system is decimated. I might even make that argument myself. But still, the structure is there. right? Justice may be dead, but the structure is there. And that's a biblical structure. And that's what we see here. So that we don't have that under one man. Because it will either wear him out. Or he will become that great big uh, thing at the top. That won't know intimately how to govern. And so his government will always be in some sense tyrannical and unjust. Because it will be based in ignorance. Right? So we want then a detailed kind of government. In each family, right? Father and mother ruling over that family together and setting those parameters of the home. The church can't do that for you, parents. The government can't do that for you. God has put that in your hands. Same thing is true with regard to churches. We want sessions to rule over those local churches as a part of that root court, which is the presbytery. A presbytery can't rule incrementally in a local church. They don't know the people. We have the Babcocks here today. They're from another presbytery, but in our denomination we have a general assembly that we have in common. But I've never met them before. I would not know how to rule in a case of theirs. Right? We want that local intimate contact and fellowship and government. And then as those courts rise up with greater authority, they take the hard cases. And so when appeals go up, they go up with, with great care so that all of the details in absolute justice are set forth before that court that there can be a right decision made. That's what Jethro's talking about. That's what Moses receives. But notice, we already have elders on the other side of the house in the ecclesiastical or churchly side of the house. We already have them there. Those 70 elders that we will see in Exodus chapter 24. Here in Exodus 18, we have civil leadership established. They are deciding between case and case with regard to the people of God. All right, thus ends the reading of Exodus chapter 18.